Grace and peace to you, and thank you for showing up. We just heard the song by the many, titled again and again, a Lenten refrain. The song invites and helps us to give voice to our deepest laments, while also pointing us to hope. This is a time for creating space to pause to center yourself to be present to the Spirit of God in your life. 
this is a time for you. And there is nothing you need to do but to just show up and to listen and be open. As we begin today, I invite you to find a comfortable upright position with the spine straight as it is comfortable. Knees can be bent and legs crossed, or if in a chair, place your feet hips width apart and put your feet flat on the floor. Place your hands on your knees, palms up or down. Inhale, exhale. Relax the shoulders down the back, allowing space for the heart to open. Breathe slowly with a belly breath. Notice the sensations in the body as you connect to your breath. And as I read, focus on your breath. And if your mind wanders, return to your breath. Inhale and exhale slowly. Stay mindful of your breathing as a way to bring you back into the present moment. As we continue this Lenten journey, our reflections and readings today come again from the collective ministry, A Sanctified Art, with the Lenten theme of again and again. Again and again we come to this space. Again and again we gather as community. Again and again we move closer to God. And again and again God is here. We are met, we are heard, we are shown the way. Shown the way to pause, shown the way to listen, and shown the way to remember again that God is here, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, and through Jesus we receive grace upon grace forevermore. Today's reading will be from the first book of Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 18 through 25, and will be read from the Message Bible by Eugene Peterson. As you listen, I invite you to hold on to a word or phrase that causes you to wonder, a word that piques your curiosity. Hear these words today. The message that points to Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those hell-bent on destruction, but for those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense. This is the way God works, and most powerfully, as it turns out, it is written, I'll turn conventional wisdom on its head. I'll expose so-called experts as shams. So where can you find someone truly wise, truly educated, truly intelligent in this day and age? Hasn't God exposed it all as pretentious nonsense? Since the world in all its fancy wisdom never had a clue when it came to knowing God. God and God's wisdom took delight in using what the world considered stupid, preaching of all things, to bring those who trust God into the way of salvation. While Jews clamor for miraculous demonstrations and Greeks go in for philosophical wisdom, We go right on preaching Christ the crucified. Jews treat this like an anti-miracle and Greeks pass it off as absurd. But to those of us who are personally called by God, 
both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom, all wrapped up in one. Human wisdom is so cheap, so impotent, next to the seemingly absurdity of God. Human strength can't begin to compete with God's weakness. As I read the text a second time, I invite you to listen to a message of hope. Where is hope present today throughout the scriptures? A reading from 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 18 through 25. The message that points to Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those hell-bent on destruction. But for those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense. This is the way God works, and most powerfully as it turns out. It is written, I'll turn conventional wisdom on its head. I'll expose so-called experts as shams. So where can you find someone truly wise, truly educated, truly intelligent in this day and age? Hasn't God exposed it all as pretentious nonsense? Since the world and all its fancy wisdom never had a clue when it came to knowing God, God and God's wisdom took delight in using what the world considered stupid, preaching of all things, to bring those who trust God into the way of salvation. While Jews clamor for miraculous demonstrations and Greeks go in for philosophical wisdom, we go right on proclaiming Christ, the crucified. Jews treat this like an anti-miracle and Greeks pass it off as absurd. But to those who are personally called by God, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom all wrapped up in one. Human wisdom is so cheap, so impotent, next to the seemingly absurdity of God. Human strength can't begin to compete with God's weakness. Again and again we are shown the way. In an image created by the Reverend Lauren Pittman, which you can find in the comment section of this podcast, she writes this reflection. Confession. I have a problem with the image of the cross. Early Christians expressed their identity subserviously with a fish or an anchor. But once Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire, the cross emerged as the predominant Christian symbol. My struggle with the cross is connected to my rejection of state-sanctified violence. It is, after all, an empirical torture device. In my desire to reject the empire's visual identification of the movement of Jesus, a symbol that has also been co-opted for questionable purposes in American culture, I have denied the cross as the marker of my identity with Christ. As I have spent more time in reflection, however, I think this rejection could be an indication of my privilege. It is convenient for me to identify with more comfortable, rosy images of Christianity while turning away from the anguish Christ suffered at the hands of earthly power. It's easier for me to protest the cross than it is to try and more fully understand the ugliness of the oppression he endured. For those who know injustice intimately, the cross can be an image of profound identification with Jesus, the one who endured unspeakable agony and rose again. 
On the wall next to my front door hangs a resurrection cross created by a Mexican artisan. I love it so much because you can't almost see the cross for the flowers. It serves as a reminder to me that death does not have the final word. I drew this image as I attempted to obscure the cross with blooming irises, a flower that represents wisdom and strength. Ultimately, in the negative space, the cross remains. As we are shown the way to the cross during this season of Lent, I share these words of faith, hope, and affirmation with you. We believe in a God who knows holy rage, a God who stands with the underdog, who passionately protects the suffering, and who overturns systems of corruption. We believe in a God who leads by example, feeding the hungry, welcoming the children, offering water to the Samaritan, eating with the tax collector, healing the sick, preaching from the mountaintop, and offering second chances. We believe in a God who knew that we would lose our way and still said, this is my body broken for you. We believe in a God who knew our capacity for mistakes and still said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And because of this love, we believe that God shows us the way again and again and again. Thanks be to God. Amen. Receive this prayer as a blessing for your life today. Let us pray. Creator God, we don't just want to listen. We want to hear you. We want to read scripture aloud and know that you are as close as you have always been. We want to read scripture aloud and feel your word resonating inside our bones. We want to read scripture aloud and have your word stuck in our heads like a melody, falling off our lips like a love song. Creator God, we don't just want to listen. We want to hear you. So turn our hearts toward you. Just as you turn strangers into disciples, turn our ears toward you. Just as you turn tables in the temple, we are listening. Amen. <laughs>